0: Our Bible verse this morning comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, it is wonderful to see everybody this morning. We appreciate everybody for being here. We also want to welcome our live stream worshipers. Um, We have gotten word through various sources Um, that many of you all would be watching us today on our live stream. We thank God for that technology, and we appreciate you all for joining us. Um, And the question that I'm going to be asking, of course, directly from God's Word to all of us this morning, whether we're at home watching or here in this auditorium, is what shall I do with Jesus? A very important question. Beloved, we have to make uh, decisions in every aspect of our life. They are a very real part of our life. We understand that. Um, Some decisions don't really matter, you know. In fact, some decisions I think we make, we make too too much of a deal out of. You know, like, oh, man, you know, some young people, what am I going to wear today? And if I don't wear just the right thing, I may be judged because of that. We just just put the emphasis on so many of the wrong things sometimes. But yet there are those decisions that are so much more important than others and that we have to make. Some decisions we don't want to face and we don't want to make, but we have to and we need to and there's all a lot of questions that that have to be answered and some of those questions are harder than others right um and um there's one question though and one decision that's far more important than any of the rest that we'll ever have to make in this entire life that we live on planet earth and the question that has been answered I should say this question has been answered, and this decision made by so many people throughout the years, and we're no exception to that, brothers and sisters. Everyone has to answer the question that we're going to be asking from God's word this morning and we're no exception today you also must answer this question i hope most of us or all of us in here have already answered it in the right way but the way we answer this question brother of it is going to determine how we're going to live both now on this earth and then for an eternity one day and that's why it's so very important i want us to read this from matthew 27 11 through 26 and if you'll follow along this is going to be our main text this morning Um, there's two texts I wanted to read, but we just don't have the time to do a lengthy reading of both. But in, in Matthew 27, uh, Jesus is on trial as we just sang about a few minutes ago. And, um, beginning with verse 11, the Bible tells us this. Okay. Now Jesus stood before the governor and the governor questioned him saying, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered to him, it is as you say, very simple brethren. Yes, I am. I am. He needed to offer no other proof. But verse 12, and while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, "Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? And he did not answer him with regard to even a single charge. So the governor was quite amazed. The reason he would be amazed, brother love it, because in a trial like this, even though this was a kangaroo court and, and, and everything in the world about it, illegal and unjust, uh, uh, someone would be represented by an attorney or a lawyer, and, and they would be <coughs> trying to defend their client, and Jesus did none of that. And so he's amazed at this procedure and what's going on here. So verse 15, now, at the feast the governor was accustomed to release for the people any one prisoner who they wanted. And at that time, they were holding a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Um, the uh, Luke's account tells his notoriety he had been charged with insurrection or trying to cause a riot and also with murder. And so that's why he had been found guilty and was going to be put to death. Now, verse 17 So when the people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, uh, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? I'm sure, beloved, at this point in Pilate's mind that he was certain who they were going to ask for and that they would ask for Jesus to be released because, after all, he's an innocent man. But it didn't happen this way, as we know. Verse 18, for he knew that because of envy they had handed him over. Verse 19, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. This adds to his dilemma now. Not only is he wanting to do the right thing as a governor, and, and uh, his wife is now on his case about this, and you men can know what that means. Now, verse 20 But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to death. Verse 21, But the governor said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, in verse 22, brethren, He said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? That's the question. Their answer was, in verse 22, crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they kept shouting all the more, saying, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that a riot was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, "And I am innocent of this man's blood. See to that yourself. Now listen to how desperate these people were to murder an innocent man. Verse 25, And the people said his blood shall be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas for them, and after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Beloved, the question, what shall I do with Jesus? Let's look at it in detail because the Bible fleshes it out for us here. First, it is a personal question, as he said in verse 22. What shall I do with Jesus? This is pointed directly at each and every one of us. What shall I do with Jesus? Not watch somebody else. Do. You know, we say some. Well, Lord, what about this brother? What about that? No, 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 brother. The, the question is, what shall I do with Jesus? No one else can answer that question for you. Jesus is a personal Lord. Your parents can't answer that question for you. Your husband or your wife or your friends or your neighbors, your preacher cannot answer that question for you. It is a personal question. What shall I do with Jesus? And you'll notice, brethren, the second part of that question, as we look at it in detail, is that it requires action, right? What shall I do with Jesus? A whole lot of people want Jesus kind of as a Savior but not a Lord, which means he's your master and you're supposed to serve him. There's action, there's doing that is required. And and we miss that point so often. What shall I do with Jesus? It requires you to take action, beloved, every, you know, one way or the other. We have to do that. We have to either accept him or reject him. And, friend, let me tell you, if you accept him, it's going to be a lifetime of doing. It's going to be a lifetime of serving your heavenly Father in a faithful capacity. We need to learn that in the Lord's church today. But we've got to accept him or reject him. You can't say, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. A lot of people will try to say that to me. You, know? you can't, brethren. The Bible doesn't give us that option. The third important thing, as we look at the detail of this question, is uh, this This question concerns Christ and no one or nothing else under heaven. Beloved, even in religious circles, we get this so off base, don't we? The, the center, the core of everything we are and do should be Jesus Christ. That's it. And we get so, so mixed and muddled up on other things and other issues and other directions, and, and it becomes all about us. And if I come to a church and my needs are not met. We call them today my felt needs. If my felt needs are not met, you know, no, we don't understand this idea that Jesus said, when you come to me, you take up your cross and you die to yourself and you live for me. That's what it means, brothers and sisters, to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And it means him and nobody else, not any other Israel, issue, I'm sorry, not any other personal preference, you know, not what I want to believe, you know, no one else died for your sins. No one else can save you at all. It has to be all about Jesus Christ and your need for him. Now, secondly, this morning, it's a question we cannot dodge. Oh, wouldn't we love to? <clears throat> are there some questions you just do your best not to answer? You know, in the, the, I'm told in the military to get some young men befuddled, you know, the, the drill sergeant will walk up and say, Son, are you still beating your wife? Well, how do you answer that? You know, uh, brethren, there's some questions we try not to answer, right? And, and, and we try to stay away from them because they're so difficult. But this is one of those questions we're not going to be able to dodge, you know. Even politicians can't get around this one, you know. You can't, you can't fudge, you can't say, well, I'm just not going to answer this question, or I'm going to give you a non-answer. You can't do it. Pilate, a politician, tried to evade this question, and he could not do it. He tried at least three or four times, and he could not do it. He sent Jesus to Herod, Luke 23, verses 6 and 7, about that. He heard Herod was in the area, and he said, Oh, oh boy, I'll just get rid of him. And that's Herod's problem, you know. Well, guess what? Herod sent him back. And then, and then he, and he says uh, several times, uh, beginning in Luke 23, verse 22, that he found no cause of death in him. He said several times, This is an innocent man. As, he said, as, we, as our reading said, he knew they delivered him up for envy. He knew he was innocent. He knew he had done nothing worthy of death. And he, and he said that a number of times. And then he tried a second time to avoid the decision about Christ in Luke 23, 20 through 24. And, and, and so he tried, brethren. And, and there's a, uh, you know, many try today to uh, several times to avoid this question, don't they? What am I going to do with Jesus. They tried to avoid that, you know. and, uh, and uh, But you know what, beloved? Sooner or later, and hopefully it's sooner or not later, not too late, you've got to answer this question. There's a lot of reasons why no one can, can dodge this issue. Somebody said, well, some questions I don't have to answer and it's really not going to affect my life and certainly not my eternity. And that's true, brothers and sisters. If somebody asks you your favorite color or your favorite uh, you know, food or whatever and you decide not to answer them, that's not going to affect a whole lot. But in this, it's different, isn't it? There are several reasons you can't, you cannot dodge this question, brethren, and they are valid, legitimate reasons, okay? First of all, because Christ is the creator, John 1, verse 3. Brothers and sisters, you can't avoid your maker. The created can't avoid the creator. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise. God gave you a soul when he created you, and it cries out for its creator. Psalm 63, verse 1 states the, that the soul thirsts for God, Beloved, a lot of people try to try to quench that thirst in a whole lot of other wrong ways as they try to avoid Jesus. And 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 yet we're still gonna have to answer that question because he's our creator. Number two, because he is the only Savior. Acts 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Friend, there's no other alternative. There's no plan B. There's no other way that you can get to heaven and be saved and have your sins forgiven. Uh, Jesus Christ is the only way. So you have to answer the question about Jesus if you want to be saved at all. Only Christ died for you. Your sins were what nailed him to the cross. So this question demands to be answered by each and every one of us. We must answer this question because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is going to be your judge. John 5 verse 22 and 27 says that, Uh, For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, verse 22. And then verse 27 says basically the same thing, that God has placed judgments into his hand. Acts 10, verse 42 tells us that Christ is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Beloved, we're going to be judged by the Lord someday, the one that hung on the cross to save us from our sins and someday we're all going to stand face to face with Jesus Christ and be judged by him just as the song that we just sang a few minutes ago. No one there can come to your defense beloved. This is not going to be a trial by jury. This is, you're not going to have character witnesses. This isn't going to be like that at all. You've already lived your life. You've determined your sentence and so there's nobody going to be there to testify on your behalf and he's either going to say well done and good and faithful servant enter ye into my rest or he's going to say depart from me for I never knew you now the choice is yours isn't it and so the question this morning then is it comes down to Jesus or Barabbas right they had a choice to make And you may ask, well, how on earth could these people, when you read this, brethren, and you know that they chose a known murderer over an innocent man and were determined to nail that innocent man to a cross, doesn't it just kind of irritate you a little bit? I was going to say irritate and aggravate at the same time, the words don't mix good. Doesn't it irritate and aggravate you a little bit? You know, that you look at that and you read that. It does me, brothers and sisters. You know, because we want to be, in our heart of hearts, we want to be just and fair, right? And here they're purposely murdering an innocent man and letting a known murderer go, okay? And so you say, how in the world could people do that? How could they pick a murderer over an innocent man? Well, that's a great question. But the question today is how can people do the same thing today? How can people choose Satan over Christ? or, or profession, or money, or material things over Jesus, or fame, or popularity, or power, or peer pressure, or self, or pleasure, or you fill in the blank, Jesus, or what is it, whatever else it is, that may be causing you to not answer this question. We choose, beloved, and we make so many choices in this world. And the and the truth of the matter is is that people that co- do not come to Christ choose not to do so. They've got all their they've got all their excuses. They can fill in the blank there, but they're not gonna matter. You can't straddle the fence, you can't do that, brothers and sisters, you know. What have you chosen over Christ, beloved? What have you chosen over Christ? And you think, oh, well, Brother Green, I'm a Christian and and I've, I've answered this question, and so I don't choose things over Christ. A whole lot of Christians do on a very regular basis. Have you allowed other things to come before your Savior and your service and your commitment to Him? There are three factors that every sinner has to weigh when they face this question and when they face Jesus and what they're going to do with Him, okay? Okay. You need to understand three things, beloved. Number one, there's a Satan, and he is a personal devil. Just like Jesus is a personal Lord and a personal Savior, the devil is a personal devil. He is he is alive, and he's as real as God, and he's very personal, and he's right there with you, and he's not going to leave you alone. You've got to decide, Christ or Satan, who you'll live with. Because, listen, you're going to live with one of those forever, someday. Secondly... You've got to decide on the question of your sin. And I know that's not a popular topic in our politically correct, sensitive society today. We don't want nobody to be calling us a sinner. But the Bible says that we need to realize that you are a sinner, Romans 3, 23. And we need to realize that our sins will cost you your soul for an eternity in hell, Romans 6, verse 23, if we remain in those sins. And so you've got to decide if you want your sins forgiven and if you're willing to do what is 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 It takes, as the Bible commands, to have those sins forgiven. You see, you've got to realize that only Christ can forgive your sins and cleanse you of them, and no one else or no other source can do that. And then thirdly, you've got to consider yourself. Jesus said, when you're going to come to me, you need to count the cost. You've got to decide if you're willing to give your life to Christ and live for him and remain faithful to him, or you've got to consider where you're going to spend an eternity. And you decide that. You really do decide that, beloved, let's clear something up because people say all the time, oh, I just don't believe a loving God would send anybody to hell. God doesn't send you to hell, you send yourself there, amen? amen. We do. We do, brethren, the choice we choose, the, the choice of the lifestyle we decide to live, and we reject God's offer of salvation, we reject what Jesus had done on the cross, then we condemn our own souls to hell. The judgment is just giving you your sinners that you've already earned. There's all kind of alternate choices, right? Because God has given us choice. That means you can choose wisely, you can choose unwisely. You know what you can do with Jesus according to the Bible, beloved? Let's just throw these out real quick and the lesson will be yours, okay? The Bible says you're going to either be for him or against him, Matthew 12, 30. You can't be one or the other. Somebody said, well, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I'm not against Jesus either. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you will either love him or hate him, Matthew 6, 24. You cannot serve two masters because you'll hate the one and love the other. Brother, you've got to do one or the other. The Bible says you must either accept him or reject him. There's no middle ground. There's no one foot in the Lord and one foot in the world. You've got to do that. You've got to make him your Lord or crucify him again. That's what the Bible says. I want him to be my Savior, right? No, no, no. He's your Lord, which means he becomes your master. You take self off the throne. Jesus is on the throne. He calls the shots from here on out in your life. And those who reject Christ take part in his crucifixion, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 6. And then you've got to either confess him or deny him, Matthew 10, 32, and 33. Jesus says that. Beloved, there's no middle ground. You do one or the other, right? And so, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. And so, brethren, we've got to know that those are the choices. So let's conclude, and the lesson is yours, okay? The, the question this morning from God's word is, what will you do with Jesus? You can do like Pilate did and try to evade the question and then ultimately reject him. You know, you can do that. But det- know this, know this, beloved. What you do with Jesus now will determine what he's going to do with you later. Amen? Amen. Your eternal salvation depends on the way you answer this question. The answer is, what will you do with the pleading Jesus? But one day, the question will be, what will Jesus do with you? And if you live as if you never knew Christ, you must die as if he never knew you joy read a scripture reading a few minutes ago where another very important question was asked when the jews uh, realized many of them had been in that very crowd that we read about here that says crucify and crucify him," and they realized that it was the messiah that they had nailed to the cross they said desperately men and brethren what shall we do another important question and peter answered to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What will you do with Jesus, my friend? Neutral you cannot be. If you're not right with the Lord this morning, please make sure you take care of that this very day while we stand and sing.